0: Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of Selling Greenville, your favorite real estate podcast here in the Upstate of Greenville, South Carolina. I am your host, Stan McEwen, as always, and my contact information is in the show notes. If you need to reach me for any of your real estate needs, just want to talk about the podcast, whatever the case may be, that is how you can reach me. And as well as always, I just ask that you guys that you go ahead and uh, download uh, this show, download episodes, subscribe to the show. Leave a rating and a review. All of those things help me with the show. I'm hoping to do some cool things here in the future. I've got a few different things planned. And the more listens, the more subscribers, the more downloads, all of these things that we have, uh, it helps. It it gives me the ability to uh, do some things with the show that I wouldn't be able to otherwise. So I would appreciate if you guys can do those things. So today we're going to be tackling a topic That is uh, not an easy topic to discuss, but it's the topic of homelessness. Now, homelessness is... There's a lot of different facets to it. There's a lot of different things that we can talk about when it comes to homelessness. And the reality of the situation is that nothing that happens will ever completely eradicate homelessness. Right? We're we're never going to completely get rid of it. Um, But that doesn't mean that we can't do our best to solve it, that we can't do our best to try to put things in place in order to try to put a dent in the homeless population in Greenville. And I come at this specifically from the standpoint of an investor and landlord because I own rental properties and I own properties that have uh, people in them that used to be homeless and I know several other landlords that have specifically targeted homeless vets, for instance, um, and have attempted to to just put a little bit of a dent in that problem that we have here in the Upstate. And I think that the reality is that there are things that can be done that help all of us, because those of us that have rental properties, it helps us if. We're able to solve homelessness, and in, in in order to help our rental properties. Um, obviously, if you're driving around, you see homeless people. Like that's not something that anyone wants to see. It's a heart wrenching thing. It puts you in this weird moral dilemma. Do I do I help them? Is my help actually helping them? Um, if I give them money, are they going to spend that on the right thing? And maybe you don't worry about that. Maybe you just hand them the money. Maybe you take them to lunch. Um, there's a, a lot of things going on there. But if we have fewer homeless people on our streets, and and not just because the cops are driving them out, but because they actually have a home, that's better for everyone. Now, we have a nationwide program. And it's a program that's that's handled locally, even though it is a nationwide program that's called the Section 8 voucher program. And one of the main goals of the Section 8 program is to try to solve homelessness. And it's a government program that essentially gives people a, uh, a housing allowance, what they call a voucher, a housing allowance based on a variety of factors, uh, their income, the size of their family, etc. And they do have to um, qualify in a variety of ways in order to get into this program. My understanding is it's not super easy to, to get a voucher to begin with. Um, they don't just hand them out willy nilly. But that being said, they've been handing them out a lot more lately than I ever recall. I mean, I've been seeing, uh, I've been hearing and seeing that there are wait lists in uh, communities that are accepting Section 8 vouchers, wait lists that are uh, super duper long. People trying to just trying to get a home um, so they can uh, get off the streets, or perhaps they're trying to move laterally from one home that, that they don't like into another. And um, the Section 8 program, its we've talked about this in the past, so I'm not going to go into a ton of detail on the program itself. But in essence, it just direct deposits money into the landlord's account. So it's not money that's ever handled by the tenant. It's not, a, uh, it's not the kind of thing where they can take that money and then spend it on something else other than housing. It has to be spent on housing. It goes directly into the landlord's account once a month uh, via... Direct deposit. So, this is all very simple in theory, but in practice, at least from the standpoint of those, well, really from everyone's standpoint, it's not quite as simple as you might think. So, one of the starting complexities here is that not all all landlords want Section 8. Now, all landlords love the idea of getting guaranteed money from the government. I mean, that's that's great. Just having that direct deposit, not having to chase down rents, all of these things. Everyone loves, conceptually, uh, that idea. But there are a lot of other concerns that some landlords have when it comes to the Section 8 program. And probably the one that I've heard the most is simply, what is the quality of tenant or what is the caliber of tenant that I'm getting if I'm a part of this program? Um, that is a a major concern because at the end of the day, you only qualify for a voucher if, if your income is low. A lot of the people that have lower income were homeless at one point, and a lot of them do have a record of some sort. That is just the reality of the situation, and that scares off some people. And they've I've, I've talked to a lot of people over the years that have heard these horror stories about Section Eight tenants that tear up you know, the the units that they're in and uh, cause all kinds of problems and have have drug problems and whatnot. Uh, listen, that's not inherently a part of the program. Like, in in fact, if they're doing drugs, they're not even supposed to be getting the voucher to begin with, they could lose the voucher because of that is my understanding. Um, and and same thing is, is if they cause a lot of damage to a property, they could, my understanding is they could lose the voucher in that instance as well. So um, I, I don't necessarily see those concerns myself. That's those aren't concerns that I personally have, but that, those are concerns that I've heard from others and experiences that others have had that that uh, that bothers them. Um, and so, as a result of that, a lot of landlords won't even consider Section Eight. They just have this this predisp- uh, predisposed notion that if you're in Section Eight. It's inherently this type of tenant that you're going to get that's going to cause problems. I don't want a problem tenant. I'm just not even going to avail myself of that program. Um, Additionally, uh, there's a bit of a process to a property becoming eligible for Section 8. I can't just take any old rental property and just say, okay, we're accepting Section 8 tenants. Um, The housing authority has to sign off on that. There has to be an inspection that the housing authority does. And they have to do this if you are in between tenants as well. And, and they have to do this uh, at various times when you have a tenant for a, a long period of time, they'll come in, they'll inspect, they've got some ticky tack rules that to me aren't that big of a deal. Um, as long as you keep up with the property. And and that's really the reason for the inspection is they just want to make sure that that you're actually keeping up with with the property. Uh, since the government is is essentially subsidizing that property for you. Um, and so that's another concern. some landlords have a concern that uh, they don't want the housing authority coming in doing their inspections. the inspections uh, can be booked out several weeks so you, so you may be just waiting a month just for an inspector to come out like I said, those tend to be a little bit uh, a little bit ticky tack um, but as a result of all of this there aren't a lot of section eight landlords and there are, Far more from what I can see, at least here in Greenville, again, I always warn you guys because um, I get people that listen from out of state, Not even if I'm taking a broader topic like this, um, it is still Greenville, is, is still what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about other places. This may not be uh, the same in Albuquerque as it is here in Greenville. But in Greenville, we clearly have more people with Section 8 vouchers than we have Houses and apartments and units available for them that are Section Eight eligible. Um, now, for here's the thing at the end of the day. So we have a supply and demand problem when it comes to Section Eight housing, and so that makes it more difficult to to solve homelessness. Right? Um, we've got this program; it's designed to try to to solve homelessness, but we don't have enough houses that qualify for the program, or that even want to qualify for the program. The land, not enough landlords that want to qualify for the program, in order to actually put a dent in in this homeless situation. So I was actually a part of a uh, a webinar. There were not very many people involved with it, but a local webinar with the housing authority. Um, it, it was actually uh, it was a webinar slash question and answer se- session where they talked about how. Um, the uh, the federal government is actually trying to find ways of making this program more incentivizing to landlords that are a part of it. So they're actually they realize that there are things that need to be done to make this a more landlord friendly program. And so that's something that uh, that they're working on that they're that they're trying to solve. Um, now, all that being said, for the landlord that. Is okay with Section Eight. That is willing to to have Section Eight housing. Um, they now have the responsibility for screening the tenants that come to them. So let's say that they get, you know, ten applicants for uh for the property that they have for rent, and six of them are Section Eight, four of them aren't. And just because a tenant is section eight you, you obviously don't have to automatically accept them and you don't have to accept them blind. It's not like a first come first serve kind of thing. It's just like with any tenant situation the landlord has to uh, has to screen the tenant and look at their past and and, and interview them and, and do all of the all of the normal questions that they would normally do with any sort of tenant. check on their income history um, check on their references, all of these, Different things. And the reality is that since there are so many people with vouchers, um, and now they're frequently having to get on wait lists in different developments and, and with different property managers, landlords can be choosy. They can be picky and they can say, you know what, this person three years ago, they did something uh, that's on their record. Uh, I think I'm just going to pass on them and go with this person that's a lot cleaner that has a much cleaner background. Uh, and so we're seeing that happen, happen, which is in in a lot of ways great for the landlords. We've talked about this again in, in previous episodes, but here's the problem. And think about it this way. Um, a, and I've already alluded to this, but a person that was previously homeless, and maybe they never went homeless, but somehow they got on a Section 8 voucher, like, this is a program that's designed to prevent homelessness. If you are a part of that program, you probably have something in your history that's not going to make you an attractive tenant. There's probably something in your record that will cause someone uh, concern once they look at it. And so, um they the, a person may b- be homeless and they may end up getting a section 8 voucher but then what happens if no landlord will take them on that just having the voucher is useless it's like having you know food stamps but the grocery store has no food that that uh, that will accept the food stamps you're you're still going to go hungry and so it's it's a similar thing although much more dramatic than the food stamps issue because there's always going to be food but we actually do have a uh, section 8 housing shortage um, and and that is causing a major problem for some people that simply can't get accepted uh, for housing and uh, on the flip side of it they may finally find someone that will accept them but think about that who are the people that are not being as picky that aren't being as choosy in this regard it's typically the landlords that have uh lower standards and those lower standards most likely go to the property as well. Probably the property is held to a lower standard as well. So it's it's a really vicious cycle, right? It's it's hard to break that homeless cycle. And then the only way that you can, it's it's kind of like if you have a, a bad record as an employee, you're you're you know, you've been fired a few times, you're probably gonna have to uh, to start by getting a terrible job and really excelling at that terrible job. In order to work your way back into the workforce, it's kind of similar with someone that's homeless. They almost have to live in a terrible situation in order to build back their their track record, and um, and obviously that's terrible. None none of us want that for anyone, um, but this is why the cycle is hard to break. So what I'm wondering is this: is there room for solving this a different way? Or, or for, um, for trying to come alongside this segment of the population that finds themselves in this situation? Could there be a business or a nonprofit that uh, liaises with both Section 8 tenants and Section 8 landlords to help a tenant go through a program that would better equip them to become a better tenant? Is, is there room for that? Is there a possibility for that? And then, you know, after the tenant, the potential tenant, after this person that has this, the Section 8 voucher, maybe maybe they don't even have a voucher. It doesn't necessarily need to be a, a voucher program, but someone that has something in their history that's making it difficult for them to uh, to get housing, that person could then be, uh, go through a program, kind of get some kind of certification or some kind of letter, a very strong reference from this organization Uh, that could then be tied into some landlords in order to be able to connect these tenants with landlords. And here we go. We have someone that um, is pre-screened, has gone through a program. Like, this makes it super simple for the landlords. They don't have to do, and the property managers, they don't have to do all this work if they trust that organization, obviously. Um, That's an important piece of the puzzle. But ultimately, it would be the kind of thing Where it's a win-win, right? You you've got uh, renters that are now better tenants. You've got landlords that now have a uh, a better pool to choose from, a both a bigger pool and a more vetted pool to choose from. And it just seems like it's it's a possibility, an idea where everyone could win. And um, Habitat for Humanity does something similar to this. I'm not. I'm not the most knowledgeable person about this, but I know that they do something like this for the people that go into their houses. They have a very um, in-depth program with classes, and and it gets down to a, a really granular level of uh, of people, you know, even how they parent and uh, just having a routine and whatnot. They they do this for the people that end up going into. Habitat houses, and and if you're not familiar with Habitat for Humanity, I definitely recommend that you look it up. Um, they build affordable housing and then help people that could not otherwise afford a home to get into those homes. Um, and and their mission, and the way I understand it, is really to uh, to solve homelessness by creating more homeowners by by bring more homeowners into the market and. It's really an awesome mission. I love what they're doing, uh, but it's not enough because not everyone is going to be a homeowner in their lifetime, and some people have to to build up to that point. Um, and that's the thing is that we have all these tenants, all these people that that need to rent right now, um, and that that can rent right now. That they might have great income history, great employment history, but bad history in other ways, and they can't find a way to get into a property. And I'm not aware if Habitat is assisting with that in any way. I'm not aware if anyone is doing anything with that. Um because if they are, I'm remember I own properties that I rent to section 8 tenants and nobody is approaching me about anything like this as a landlord. I don't have any tenants coming, you know, with references from an organization like this. And so it seems like there is a hole in the market um, when it comes to this that that could uh, possibly be filled. Now I, I've got to thinking about all of this because I'm I'm a part of a Section Eight community online that involves both landlords and renters, and I, I my interest was sparked when I saw someone on there that literally said this ex- exact thing what we're talking about. That they said I was homeless. I got my section up eight voucher um, and I'm now in a situation where I can't find a place to live. I'm still homeless. Like I, and and I've got a good job. I've got good income, but I have something on my record. Everyone, th- this is what they said. Everyone that is homeless has some kind of a record. So what do I do? How do I solve this? Like I can't just make that record go away. And uh, to be honest, uh, I've I've been very privileged in my life. I had never fully understood all of that. I had just never fully comprehended, just thought through it from their perspective of like, oh my gosh, yeah, like you can't just even if you have changed and have reformed your lifestyle, have gotten off drugs, alcohol, have stopped, you know, crime, whatever, um, your record doesn't reflect that. I mean, it takes years for your record to reflect that. And there's still going to be landlords and property managers that are going to look at that record even from a few years ago and say, no way, too big of a risk. And so I feel like there is definitely a need here and, and a need that needs to be filled. And I'm interested in exploring that myself. Like, is there something that I could do? Is there something that a community of us could do in order to try to to fill this need. And that's the thing, you know, I, I network with a lot of people in real estate investing in this area. And I know that there is a ton of money going around in Greenville and, and everywhere in the real estate world, tons and tons of money being floated around. And yet, despite that, we're we're leaving a lot of people behind. And it, leaving those people behind doesn't help anyone. It hurts all of us, and I feel like that there is an opportunity here that we could, I don't want to say pool resources, but that we could come together and utilize some of the time and the money that we have in order to help these people that need it most, and the beauty is that as we help them, we're helping ourselves. Uh, Us, the, the us that I'm talking about is... Both investors and and also if you've never done a real estate investment before, like I said, it's not helpful for anyone when there's homeless people on the streets. That doesn't that doesn't make that doesn't benefit anyone. And so we can help ourselves in the process of helping these other people that are on the streets that need homes, uh, that need a way to be able to bre- break that cycle of homelessness. Um, it is in our ability to do it. We have the money, we have the ability, we have the knowledge, we have the resources, and we just need to do it. And I'm I'm not sure what that would look like personally, um, but I feel like it's worth exploring. And that's definitely something that I'm going to be exploring to to see what what can be done. And and I would really appreciate if if you guys that are listening, if you already know of organizations that are doing this type of thing, or if, or if you already know of something similar to it um, that is happening right now that I could connect with, that I could, could learn from, I would love to hear from you, even if it's not in Greenville. I have listeners from all over the world. Even if you're in a different area and you're like, hey, I know something about this, a program that helps people with bad records be able to pass some kind of a program in order to be able to, um, to be accepted by a landlord or by a property management company, uh, in order to be able to rent. Um, I would love to hear that. I'd love to hear your guys, uh, you guys and your ideas. Um, if you have thoughts about this, or if you think, you know, that me talking about this, that I'm, I'm totally off base that there's no way we can solve it. Or if you have ideas for how you think that we could um, perhaps not completely solve it, but help to put a dent in this homeless problem that we have. Um, so please do that. Please reach out to me. My contact information is in the show notes. Um, if you don't already have it, let me know what your thoughts are. I want to hear it. I want to have a better idea um, for, for what can be done. And I want to be a part of that solution. I hope you guys do as well. Um, and again, shameless plug, if you like the show, if you love the show, Selling Greenville, please hit that subscribe button, hit the download button, rate, review, uh, do all of those things to help. Get the show out there. I appreciate you guys listening. I hope to hear from some of you with regard to uh, this episode in particular. Um, and and I think that we can do something here. I think that we can make our community better by putting our, our minds together, by putting our resources together. So let's do it. Let's figure out a way to help solve local homelessness. And uh, And I appreciate you guys, as always, listening and thinking thoughtfully. I hope you have a great week. I hope you have many happy closings and all of that. I've got one tomorrow. i'm I'm really excited. Um, I'll have a future show. I'm sure we'll talk about this, but i'm clo- I'm selling for the first time some of my uh, rental properties that I've had, so we'll talk about that a little bit later down the road. But I hope you guys have a great week. stay safe and enjoy this nice crisp fall weather that we have.